podcasting from Knoxville, along the banks of the mighty Tennessee River. This is the Startup Knox podcast featuring interviews with local entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brandon Bruce, and today we continue our series of interviews in partnership with Webb School of Knoxville. Each student in the Introduction to Entrepreneurship and Design Thinking course will interview a local entrepreneur. In this episode, Sadie Felton, class of 2022, interviews John Felton, founder of TBA, Tennessee Brokerage Agency. There it is, today's topic. All right, Sadie, it's over to you. Uh, I'm Sadie Felton, I'm a senior at Webb, and this is my entrepreneur, John Felton. He's the president of TBA. Thank you for coming. Um, Tell us about your business and what it does. Well, TBA is Tennessee Brokerage Agency. We shortened it a few years ago. Actually, in 1996, we bought TBA.com out of a whim. And so we've just gone by TBA since then. But we are something that you all would not find very interesting. We are a life insurance wholesaler. Uh, we deal with life insurance. Our clients are insurance advisors. Who here knows anything about life insurance? We've got it. There he is. We got one. Yeah. Boy, yeah. So we wholesale life insurance to where our, our clients are insurance advisors are all over the country and it, you know they could work in banks, they could work in property casualty, you don't know what that is either. Uh, wirehouses, um, anybody that sells insurance is our customers. So it, it's we're really we are in the insurance business, we're really a marketing company. We market the products for insurance companies we represent ones that you know, like Prudential, Transamerica, Lincoln. We market their products to these advisors. And we've just become part of the funnel to get the business into it. Okay. Uh, how is your insurance business different from others? Uh, ours is different in the fact that we don't deal with the public. Um, nobody's ever heard of Tennessee Broker Agency or TBA. We don't, you know, if you drive by our building, you have no idea what we do. I don't really think Satan knows what we do. <laughs> but we deal direct with advisors, so our, our clientele is a little bit different. Um, we don't, you know, at Google, we don't look at, uh, Searching and optimization, we don't care where we show up because we're basically just dealing with people we already know. So we're not really advertising. Um, what made you decide to go into the business of insurance? That was an easy one. I was a broke college kid, like, like all you all be when you get in college. I was especially broke. And my dad had an insurance agency at the time. It wasn't Tennessee Broke Agency. So I would come in and run what are called illustrations or basically quotes for life insurance for people and send them out. So that's how I, I make money. So it was, that's how I started it. Okay. What does an everyday schedule look like for you? Everyday schedule is different now than it was two years ago. Obviously COVID's changed everything. Uh, it used to be that I would get up and I would go meet with local advisors, talk to them about insurance products, talk to them about what clients they're dealing with. Uh, I would travel to different parts of the country and do that. but. That didn't happen right now. Right now, it's uh, phone calls and Zooms all day long. <coughs> um, if you could change anything about the beginning of your business, what would it be? If I could change anything, I would learn more about running a business than working in a business. You know, think when you go in and you're running a business, you started a business and you're, you're you're doing what you love, and we'll talk about that in a minute. You don't really know how to run a business. You don't know how to look at profit and loss. You don't know how to look at uh, balance sheets. Um, you really don't understand that you've got to do annual reports with the states. There's certain reports you have to do every year, but you don't. nobody ever tells you that stuff. So you really, a class on learning how to run a business would be a great thing. I wish I had done that. Okay. Uh, were you always planning on taking over your father's business, or did this happen? I think that was always in the plans. Um, like I said, I went there in college and, and did that. Uh, when I graduated from 
UT, I went to Cincinnati and worked for an insurance company and kind of did marketing for them where I was marketing people like us. And I was planning to be there for five years to see what happened, but the company I was working for was sold, so they cleared out the marketing department, and so I could either interview for new jobs in Cincinnati or come home and start working at TBA. And that's what I did, so it kind of went from there. <laughs> what challenges have you faced while running on by running your business? Well, the insurance business is a little bit different than you know running a, a convenience store or anything else. There's a lot of government regulation in insurance. I mean, there's a certain amount of money you can put into it to, to call it insurance or it's an investment. So there's a lot of government regulation. You have to do certain things to be able to uh, market products to different people. So it's mostly government regulation. Regulations the biggest problem. Uh, how do you select your employees, and like, what would you look for when hiring? Um, I would love to be able to tell you what my dad told me when I first started on how he hired, but I can't do that. It would it would not be appropriate. Um, uh, but when I look for when I'm hiring people, it's just you know I, I sit in all the interviews. We're not a big company. There's 13 of us. Um, two web alumni, by the way, and I'm not one of them. I couldn't afford this place. Um, but when I'm hiring people, I, I just look for people you can interact well with. You know, you can sit down and, and talk to someone and pretty much know if they're going to work out. Um, and I will tell you also, when, when I'm done interviewing, or actually before I interview them, I'll go out and look at any social media I can find. So y'all are putting these great pictures out there that, that you think are hilarious. I can tell you there's two or three I'll say, no, we will not even interview this person. So be careful on your social media. I know you're not going to listen to me on that, especially not you. But... People look at this stuff. They, they'll find anything they can on you. So I'll go do that. And then when I'm looking to hire people, I, I look for loyalty. I mean, you can tell when you talk to them whether they really want to do that. Um, my average employee's been there 16 years. We don't have a lot of turnover. That's just because we all get along. And, and that starts from the interview process. Where would you see your business in 10 years? It's going to be pretty much just like it is now. I mean, look, it's life insurance. I mean, how sexy is that? So... Um, there's fewer people selling it, but you know, and there's actually fewer people buying it, but the need's always going to be there. Um, there's a lot of mergers and acquisitions in our business, people coming in and buying companies like ours. I, I don't see me doing that. I, I, you may not think so, but I feel like I'm young enough to do this for a little while longer. So uh, it's probably going to look a lot like it does right now. Okay. What is your favorite part about your job? Favorite part about my job? Um, I really think... You know, in my business, we, we work with life insurance policies for people who have health problems. A lot of times they'll come to us, you know, someone who's got diabetes or had heart attacks or, whatever, or cancer and they feel like they can't get insurance. Their advisor will come to us and we'll find a company that'll do it. So I love wins. I, I consider that a win. If we can get some insurance who didn't think they could get it before, that's great. Uh, you're protecting someone's family, so you don't understand what life insurance is, so that really doesn't mean anything. But um, that's fun, and I like what I call home runs, and those are the big cases where you make a lot of money. So that, that gets me in every day. Okay. What is your least favorite part of your business? Uh, the least favorite part of my business is working with personnel. And, and you'll find that in any business you go to. My dad told me that at the very beginning, he said, the, the biggest problem you're going to have in this business is people. And it is. <coughs> I just told you we've had average 16 years. That's just the average. You know, every once in a while, you'll get someone in there, you know it's just not going to work. Um, and yeah. so dealing with that is not a lot of fun. So personnel is really the biggest problem we've got. <laughs> What advice would you give to people who want to start their own business? I guess that's why you're all here, right? This is, this is your class. Um, there are a few pieces of advice. One, you know, don't be afraid to fail. I 
mean, I'm sure you all have talked about that. I bet just about everybody who's been here has told you the same thing. But don't be afraid to fail. But if you're going to fail, fail fast. Um, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody learns from mistakes. But don't get something out there and realize this is not working and just try to hang on. So fail fast if you're going to do that. And the last thing I can guarantee everybody said is do something that you like. Um, if you're doing something that you like that doesn't feel like work, uh, at some point it's got to make money where it won't won't last, but if you can find something that you like that you enjoy doing, that's what I would do. And last question, has there been any inspiration for you in running your business? Yeah, web school's been a big inspiration because i got to pay for this damn place. Other than that, um, no, really, I, I, I took over my dad's business, and that's kind of a, you know, you, you want to, when you take over something, you want to keep it going, you make it, you want to make it better, so that, and, you know, just uh, helping people get insurance when they think they can't, that's, that's really an inspiration for me. It's, it, it's, it's more about helping people than anything else. Okay, does anyone else have questions? I think everyone here wants to know, should they be buying life insurance? When, when do people come and buy life insurance? Not at this age. I mean, I would, I would bet a lot of you will have life insurance on you that you don't know. Your parents typically buy it when a child is born. Um, and it, a lot of times they'll buy what's called whole life insurance, which builds cash value and it kind of gives them a step ahead. When you get older, you can cash it in and get the money and buy your first house or whatever. Really, buying life insurance becomes more important when you when you start a family, um, when you've got kids, and then you've got mortgages and you've got cars. Really, life insurance is, is made to pay for things that you owe when you're gone. So, you know, it, it, if, if something were to happen to me, there's life insurance that will help. Sadie's mom had money to live on to pay off the house, to pay off any debts we have. That's what it's for. Uh, it's not, you know, to be something where you can make a bunch of money in it by buying it. It's it's, it's protection. It's purely protection. So if you've got something that somebody else is going to have to take care of when you're gone, you should have life insurance to protect that. And that exciting stuff. So 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 what's a home run? You talked about home run cases and. and I had one today. I had one today before I came here. It was a case in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. This it's a 79 year old man who needed insurance. And most of the 79 year old people can't get insurance, they're kind of not healthy. Well, it turned out he was very healthy, and so he was able to purchase a large policy to pay for his estate taxes. Because it's another thing that life insurance does that you don't know anything about. When you die, depending on how much money you die with, you're going to have to pay the government estate taxes. And it's up to like half whatever your estate is worth, typically. When you get past exemptions, so this gentleman needed the insurance to be helped pay estate taxes, and it was a large premium, and we got the coverage. How old are most of the people you work with? That we work with? Yeah. Well, no one your age. When you say work with, you talk about people that are sold insurance or people that are working sold in my insurance. office. They're, I'd say, average age 45, 50. Old, old. The only other thing is really old. Did you talk? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Did you know that you wanted to do insurance like going into college? That's a good question, Ashley. I think I did. I think I did because I, you know, my dad had done it forever. My dad actually started. He was actually selling insurance, which we don't do. Um, but I, I felt like, honestly, I wasn't a very good student. I mean, I, I mean I'll be straight up honest with you. I wasn't very good. I knew my options were kind of limited. <laughs> so I, I did graduate from college, by the way. Um, but I, I thought taking that business over was good. And I will tell you that when I was in high school, my dad had me do an aptitude test. I don't even know if they still do those things. But it's a 
you do this test and it kind of tells you where your focus should be, what, 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 what you're interested in. And it was marketing. And so that was like, he said, well, you, you can come in and help us do some marketing. That's kind of, from that on, then on, it's kind of where I went. Does that mean that you majored in marketing? I did not. I was business school. I couldn't even get into business school. I majored in political science at UT. And it didn't matter what I, I just wanted out. <laughs> I'm being honest. I mean, I'm no reason to lie to you. Mr. Reese, did you have a question? Yeah, so, so you talk about marketing, mm-hmm. but then you talk about at TBA, you really don't do much in the way of advertising. So, so, so what type of marketing do you all do? Well, we, we don't do advertising to the public. Okay. So you're never going to open a magazine and see an ad for us. But we do a lot of email advertising. We, we do podcasts, kind of like this. We, we do those, but they're focused to advisors so they can maybe give them ideas on things they should be talking to clients about. So we do that, we do podcasts, obviously we have a website, uh, got a mobile app, just all kinds of different marketing ideas, just to get attention from the advisors, not from the, from the public. Is it your own podcast, or you're you a guest on other podcasts, or both? No, I, I have a couple of marketing ladies in my office who are much younger than I am, who understand all this stuff, and we do a podcast every two weeks, and it's on something that revolves around some type of life insurance that maybe the advisor will listen to and talk to their clients about. So it's, it's, a, it's a two-week thing, and it's on our mobile app. You can get it at the app stores. That's that's what we do. Are there any businesses you work with more than others? Where did that question come from? My head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know, when you think about life insurance and the people that sell life insurance, it's not just this guy out here saying, I'm a life insurance agent. You know, people that work uh, in investments, they sell life insurance. People work at banks, they sell life insurance. You wouldn't think they do, but they do. I mean, someone takes out a loan to the bank, a lot of times they're gonna make sure this person has life insurance. So if that guy goes out and gets hit by a bus the next day, their loan gets paid off because of life insurance. Um, and then property casualties, these people insure cars, homes, uh, they also life insurance. So those, those are really the ones we go with. There's not a lot of people that, that, that uh, do a little bit of life insurance. We talk about people that really have it. Does anyone else have a question? Okay. So did you take any classes in college that like helped you with this? Or was it kind of like- I think I failed a couple of marketing classes. <laughs> uh, no, I did. I took some I took some marketing classes. And I, I you know, I would have stayed in business, but honestly it was gonna be another year in college and I was like, I, you know, I kinda know what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm getting out of here. So I took some marketing classes and you know it's interesting, Hannah and Kate, Sadie's older sisters, are both majoring in marketing at UT. And you know, I kinda look through their stuff and it's good. I mean, it, it teaches you a lot, but the thing about it is the type of marketing they were doing when I was in school, you gotta remember, there wasn't an internet, there was no email. It was completely different than what you would do today. So, you know, by the time you all get out of college, there's gonna be some new medium that none of us even know about. So you, talk about, you said you bought TBA.com in 1996? Yes. On kind of a, a whim or as a hedge, like just in case this thing you know, I, takes? I, no, it was, no, we. We kind of, some of our stationery had a TBA on it. It had Tennessee Brokers, and the TB and the A were capital. I was like, you know, this is when the internet just started. I was like, you know, we have to go out and buy TBA.com just in case. You know, we want to do a web, but we didn't have a web page. But we bought it, and I will tell you, I get stuff all the time from people wanting to buy that that website because it's, you know, such a short um, address. It's, it's, it's very popular. But you'd already started calling yourselves 
yeah. TBA at yeah. that point. And was the reason just because it's shorter and catchier, or was part of it before it's Tennessee, and, and you wanted it to be more national? Yes. Okay, so think about this. We, and this is honestly where it came from. Kentucky Fried Chicken. You don't think about Kentucky. It's KFC, right? Y'all can see, y'all can get that. So I started thinking, well, we were doing business outside of Tennessee, and so what? Who cares about Tennessee Broker Days? We're going to do TBA. So we kind of took it from KFC. Nice. We like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just made sense to us. I'll, I'll just interject because I think we've talked about this, about having entrepreneurs in the class. It, the metaphor here is that you can usually find an example of like, here's a big brand that probably spent, what, tens of millions of dollars deciding yeah. whether to switch from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC, focus groups and ad campaigns and A-B testing. And it's like, well, if they made that decision, then it stands to reason you could piggyback on it. All the same reasons, Yeah. with, with no budget, right. same great decision. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, 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 it worked for them. We figured it could work for us. And then if it didn't, like I said, fail fast, we'd go back to Tennessee Brokerage. Yeah. I mean, some people still call us that, which, you know, obviously they don't care. That's, that's what our, our legal corporate name is. But we'll go by TBA and that stuff you see as TBA. As long as people remember that. It's got, you know, our logo's got the three flags for Tennessee, so it kind of ties in there. At one point, we would give away golf balls to our advisors, and I had our logo, and it originally had a TBA.com on it. So the golf ball had a TBA.com on it. I was like, well, that's about stupid right there because somebody's going to knock this thing through the window and they're going to find this ball and they're going to know exactly where to go to find it. So we had to change that. <laughs> Do you remember when your dad founded the business? No, because it started in 59. And believe it or not, I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. I'm close. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember like, growing up with it being started? Yeah, it was it was a little bit different then. You know, again, y'all don't care much about the insurance, but it, it, the business has changed and such. It used to be that people only sold their one company, so they worked for New York Life. That's all they sold. Well, they sold for State Farm. That's all they sold. But that's all changed, and so brokerage business, which is what we're in, has allowed them to sell through us now. So back when he was doing it, they wrote, all they could do was impaired risk. People with health problems. We call that. And so it was a little bit different. His his market was a lot smaller. And again, there was no internet or it was just phone calls and personal visits. Are your clients a lot of like health insurance or is it like people getting hurt? No, no, we don't do any health insurance. Um, we used to do health insurance. We did that until about the 1990s and that got us out of that. And the reason is if you think about health insurance or car insurance or your other insurance, there's a lot of claims that in that business. There's a lot of service work in that business. Life insurance, there's only one claim, if there's, if there's one at all, and that's a death claim. So the interesting fact is 96% of life insurance that's written doesn't end up in a claim. So there's not a lot of service work in the life insurance business, and that's why I got us out of health insurance. You don't make money on, on service work. Hmm. So like, how many days a week do you work, and like, what are the hours? Or is, has it like changed over time? No, it hadn't changed. I mean, I, I, I will say I, I probably don't work as much as I used to in the beginning. Our office is open from 8.30 to 5, uh, Monday through Thursday, and we close at 4 on Fridays, and, and they're all there that time. Um, it hadn't really changed. Now, it, interesting enough, when we did the um, had the COVID thing, we had to get everybody to move home and do all that. We you know, we had never really thought about going virtual because, you know, I just like to have people in there and, you know, work and talk and do whatever. 
But once we did that, we learned well, we can actually do this too. So I've had a few people that have worked from home different times. You know, I've got a lady now who's dealing with an elderly mother who's living with her. And so she has to work from home sometimes, which is fine because we kind of learned how to do it. I mean, COVID has been terrible. It's been terrible for you all. It's been terrible for us. But I tell you, it has really, really helped the life insurance industry in the fact that it used to be that everything was paper. You know, to get, if you got a life insurance policy, there's a big stack of paper you had to get in the mail, make a copy of it, do whatever, and then send it out. Real physical stuff. COVID changed all that. So everything is, is, is uh, electronic now. So if you get a life insurance policy, you're not getting a piece of paper, you're getting a PDF. So it's, it's been pretty, pretty good for that. So in addition to golf balls, now here on the marketing side, so what have been some of your favorite marketing campaigns, if you will? Like stuff, the stuff that's worked, or you're like, or, or surprisingly, yeah, how well it worked. Um, yeah, we. I love Yeti stuff, which is what your, your cup is. I, I'm, I'm like a, a Yeti geek. I, I dig that stuff. I think the stuff is quality. So we, we give out coolers, and in fact, we're doing two right now, and it's amazing that people will bust their rear end and try to win this this cooler. It's a three hundred dollar cooler. It's a nice cooler. It's two hundred fifty dollar cooler, but. You know, they're selling a lot of business to try to win that $250 cooler that they could go out and buy on their own. But it's just simple things. People like to get gifts. I mean, they really do. Regardless of how successful they are, people love gifts. So that, that's that been very successful at giving things away or in contests like that. I'll tell you all something else that I do that has nothing to do with what you just asked. But personal notes are very, very important, especially in the business world. Every Friday morning, I'll send out 10 to 15 different personal notes to people who write business with us. And it's a handwritten card that goes out to every one of them. And I get a lot of calls from people thanking me for that. So don't, don't give up on, on, on personal notes. A handwritten note means a ton. People love to get those things. I love to get them. So that's, that's another thing. You know, any wisdom I can afford on you would be that. Okay. Well, if no one else has questions, thank you for coming. I can't believe the boys weren't that interested in the life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm still stuck on that stat. So 96% don't end up in claims. Mm -hmm. And so that's because people are cashing them out before? No, it, a lot of life, life insurance, there's term insurance and there's permanent insurance. There's two different. Term insurance is the cheaper stuff. People buy it and it's for a certain amount. So 10 year level, 20 year level, it, it goes for 10 or 20 years. And at that point it starts going up and they just drop it. Gotcha. So they either just stop paying their premiums. Okay, so most of it's like abandoned. Yeah, yeah, you just walk away from it. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Does anyone else have a question? That's it. That's it. We got. You all will remember this because there will be a time where you will look at this carefully. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, at some point, somebody will sell you all some life insurance, and it'll come through us. Right. You'll never know. I could bet you we had a lot of your parents insured, and they don't even know it. Now, a lot of my friends, we have insurance and they, they have no idea it's gone through us because if you're selling through Prudential, you can't go straight to Prudential, you have to go through us. So, but you got your pins now and when you pull them off, you got to pull the little end of it off. There's a little thing that keeps it from running all over you. Yeah, and I guess in some respects, it's not dissimilar from like uh, the automobile industry, right? Where most of the big manufacturers sell through dealers. Exactly. And that they've created it that way and they don't sell direct. The exception would be like uh, the Tesla dealership that just opened as a company owned store. Yes. But most of Ford, Honda, Toyota are all through dealers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But only certain people can buy our, our car. Yeah. Makes sense. Any last questions? 
Okay. Join, join, join. join. They want to join the live stream business now. They're ready. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jump in. Water's warm. That's right. There's, pl there's plenty of room. <laughs> awesome. Thanks okay. so much for coming oh, in. Oh, you're welcome. Am I done? Yes. Absolutely. That's it? Yeah. I can go have lunch with your daughter. Yeah. All right, y'all.